This week, once again, we are back live at the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, Rexboro, along with Dane Filling. And, uh, Dane, a uh, big show in store tonight for the uh, fans listening in. Yes, we're getting closer to uh, the state finals. And uh, Saturday, we finally, it feels like we've been at Jay County for weeks on end. And uh, we're moving up in the big leagues to the Coliseum on Saturday. And I'm really looking forward to it. Semi-state, one of my favorite tournaments of the year. What I consider the best place in the state of Indiana to have a semi-state. And I've been to all four, so that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I'm interested. I, you know, it's one of those things where you want to go see another semi-state, but they all happen at the same time. Uh, I know a lot of Evansville people are really excited about what the new arena down there uh, is for high school wrestling, and they, and they say it's a really great venue. Um, but I, I have to think that as far as venue-wise and space and, and crowd capacity, the Coliseum's right up there. Now, are you speaking of Roberts Arena? Where they, yes. Okay, Roberts Arena. I have not been to that one. I used to go to it at Seymour High School, but... Roberts Arena, I was, I've been told by the referees, friend, friends of mine, that that is one of the premier places to have a match, very similar to the uh, War Memorial Coliseum. Not quite as great as, uh, as Maryville, though, right? <laughs> Maryville stinks. <laughs> you know, they've switched now to East Chicago, but uh, it still has that, that, that downtown homey feeling, I think. With the new Roberts Arena, will they eventually move Team State down there? Well, they could, and maybe we get into a situation where they alternate, where one year it's in Evansville, and one year it's in Fort Wayne. Now, that would be a fair trade-off, I guess. That's like a two-day drive for us to get to Evansville. It's as long for them as it is for us. Right? <laughs> but that is we don't true. worry about that. <laughs> We're also joined tonight by, uh, with our coach, A.J. Calver, uh, here to read some uh, spots. But uh, for right now, we're going to talk about our show. Uh, we run our show in five parts. Five parts. Five parts. We've been corrected. It's the way in. It's the first period, second period, third period, and overtime. Uh, lots of things to squeeze in tonight. We have a Purdue basketball game on after us tonight, so we need to get out of here right at 6.30. So uh, what you got in store for us tonight, Dane? Well, we're going to talk about uh, our schedule, and we have a special announcement to make, and we'll talk about that in a couple minutes. But we'll be back here live uh, on February 18th, and by then we'll have the state draw, and we will have an in-depth look at all of the opponents on Friday night for all of our Adams County wrestlers, and hopefully we have five, six, seven, eight of them to talk about. Not to mention the Wells County wrestlers. That's true. And Jay County. And I think there are going to be plenty of them from all three counties, and we might be talking about a dozen wrestlers. We should have a great contingent this year. And a lot of medalists. Um, And we've got our trivia question here in just a second, and then uh, a couple of thoughts from uh, Mr. Calver on uh, what it's like preparing a team for a semi-state. So with that, uh, let's take our first break here. We're going to send back to studio Steve Rouse running a board for us, and we're going to have a round of commercials played at studio. We'll be back with more wrestling talk right after this. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. You'll find a full range of orthopedic care close to home at Adams Memorial Hospital with Dr. David Coates and PA Aaron Whitman demonstrating superior results relative to patient safety and experience. Dr. Coates and his team offer a full range of orthopedic procedures and treatment options for adults and pediatric patients with outstanding outcomes and low complication and infection rates. 
and individualized patient-centered care results in high patient satisfaction. Call 728-3900 to schedule. Adams Memorial. Experience ortho excellence. Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation. When you need auto parts and you need them now, go to O'Reilly Auto Parts on Sound 13th Street in Decatur across from Kroger's. O'Reilly has parts for your car, truck, van, farm, and heavy-duty equipment. Unsure of what you need? Talk with O'Reilly's parts professional, Eddie Morrison, and he'll steer you straight. O'Reilly service is second to none with six delivery drivers and five distribution centers to draw from. The right parts at the right price at O'Reilly Auto Parts in Decatur and Burn. Throwing a party? Call Adams County Tent and Party Rental to make it a very special occasion. Adams County Tent and Party Rental has free delivery on tents, tables, chairs, linens, and bounce houses for weddings, birthday parties, graduations, retirement luncheons, and business meetings. No event is too big or too small for Adams County Tent and Party Rental. Call Landon at 223-2040 or like them on Facebook. Wrestlers looking for summer work? Give Adams County Tent and Party Rental a call today. Cross Creek Golf Club, located on US 224, below the Double Eagle Restaurant Indicator, is your destination for family fun this spring. Play Cross Creek's 27 holes, now featuring an Executive 9 and a Championship 18. The Pro Shop is open from noon until 5, Tuesday through Thursday. Call Dennis today or stop in to purchase a membership with many options available. Join a league. Get your kids started playing in Cross Creek's Junior Camp. Check out the discounted 10 play passes now on sale. It's all happening at Cross Creek Golf Club in Decatur. Welcome back to the Haggard Stephen Hershey's Elk High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. This week, once again, live back at the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, Rexburg, along with Dane Filling. And uh, Dane, we're joined tonight by uh, our special guest who is still on his way, which is going to be Ryan Landis. But in the meantime, Coach Calvert's got a couple of live spots he wants to read here as we start the show. He says he doesn't have any. We'll, oh, go, you know, we'll go straight to the trivia question. Okay. Rex, we uh, did those uh, okay. in the last. <laughs> then I'm wondering why you were here. I just I thought maybe you just showed up just. Just to talk, I He's guess. Just so. here to Try to out. keep you straight. He's just here to <laughs> hang out with his friends. Uh, Rex, we've uh, shared some stories. We've got a special Bob Knight trivia question uh, edition here. Uh, before Mr. Knight threw his famous chair across the floor of Assembly Hall, Coach Calver sent a chair into the air. And uh, we want to know, before the Coliseum took over the semi-state, we want to know at which high school was the semi-state held. Uh, and there were a couple of different high schools, but we're thinking of one specific one that held it for several years, uh, roughly 40 years ago, where uh, Coach Calver himself sent a chair or two flying during the day. So if you have the answer to that trivia question, please call the studio. Steve Rouse running the board. Their phone number is 589-9300 or 724-9300. Once again, that's 589-9300 or 724-9300 if you have the answer to that trivia question. So... Now we get that out of the way, we're into the uh, first period, and uh, we want to talk about regional and the thoughts and the results, and uh, i tell you what, guys, I thought it was a great regional, um, a lot of great wrestling. I thought I saw some matches in the finals that uh, were classic, uh, a couple of them from 
Uh, I thought the Bel- a couple of Belmont kids wrestled some great matches in the finals. So one of them did not win his match, but I thought he wrestled as well as he could have all day long, and that'd be Dobie Litchfield. Yeah, he had a really great day, and, you know, Payne Blackburn that he beat in the semifinals was ranked number two in the semi-state and was returning state qualifier. And uh, I just don't think I don't think Dobie cared. I, th- I think he, he just went out and, and, and wrestled his match and did the best that he could. And, you know, I talked to Dobie today about 126 pounds, and I said, you know, Dobie, I think Blackburn could win the whole semi-state. And he said, yeah, he probably could. I mean, you know, he didn't think anything of it. He just gave him his best shot and, and went after him. And uh, I think that's what Dobie needs to do on Saturday. Um, Blackburn probably got a better draw than Litchfield did, which is, you know, and I've, I tell kids this all the time. If you don't win regional, a lot of times it doesn't really matter whether you finish second or third or fourth. There may be a time where you made the finals at regional and you got your, your chest puffed out and you think, boy, I really set myself up great. And then you look, and that fourth place finisher is going on to state and walking, you know, on the on the mats on Friday night, and you're you're sitting there eating your cotton candy. And AJ, you, you've probably had wrestlers back in your day through numerous high schools you refer, uh, coached at that. Uh, some of those kids, if you don't tell them who they're wrestling, they don't care, and they they wrestle according to. I mean, they somebody forgot to tell them this kid's good, and you shouldn't beat them. Oh, exactly, and a lot of kids don't want to know. They just want to wrestle their match, and they don't want to be bothered with outside information, whereas other kids, are they're following the rankings, and that makes them excited, and they're interested. And I'll tell you something. It's happened to me, and I know it's happened to a lot of coaches. You come to that money round at semi-state, and you've got an undefeated wrestler, and this is the round, this is the match that counts all year. This is the one, and... I've had that young man go home crying because he didn't advance. And so being undefeated going into the money round doesn't mean a thing. You've got to win that match. And I think Doby's going to be in that situation. If he wins his first one, he'll most likely end up wrestling a young man who is undefeated. You know, when we were, you and I were there at the Coliseum and we watched Josh Ayer have an undefeated season ended by a cross-face cradle by a Bishop Doinger, a high school wrestler, who didn't care that he was undefeated. Well, and Josh Ayer didn't... Uh, scout his man very well because if he had he'd have never gone underneath him because he had taken him down about four times <laughs> and uh that's just you know that's one of the things that you see and that's one of the beauties of that that blood round that ticket round is it, it, it's it's all or nothing you, you, if you don't advance out of that round your season is over and you're sitting there watching wrestling for six or eight more hours it feels like and uh You've got a lot to think about as you watch those last two rounds. As a senior, you may have uh, you might as well put your shoes back out on the mat because that could be it for you. You know, AJ, you and I talked. Uh, we got to see another classic battle between uh, Mr. Feaker and Mr. Curry. And I, early in the match, I thought today's the day. Today's the day that maybe he gets him. And as the match went on, um, it changed. And uh, same result as the last two weeks. But uh, well, if it I, hadn't it, been for the flying squirrel move that Feaker pulled on him, that. Uh, Coach Landis has just walked into the uh, the building and shaking his head with a big smile. He says, man, we had him, but what happened there? It had that- to be one of the craziest moves that I've ever seen. And for those of you that weren't listening, uh, Curry had separated and was facing Fichter, and all of a sudden it looked like Fichter was trying to dive in over the catcher to, to touch home plate and literally dove over Curry, spun around, and grabbed him around the waist, and the referee, I think, had a hesitation to do. Well, I guess that's two. I'd never seen that before. Well, with Curry down on one knee to avoid the high crotch that Feaster's been using for the last six, eight weeks to perfection, 
Uh, that was one of the ways to stop it, but he didn't anticipate that Fichter would push his head down and jump over the top. You know, I, I told AJ on air that I was working out with uh, John Mankey and uh, Greg Mankey one time, and Greg did that. And he was just goofing around and rolled to the top of my back, and he said, "We're going to call it the Flying Squirrel." And I was like, "Okay, that's the move now." So that's why I called it that during the broadcast on Saturday. Well, Dane and Rex, I'm going to take my headset off and give it to Coach Landis here, who uh, has had himself a terrific season, and he's all smiles, and he's set up for a semi-state. He knows that, you know, if things go well, if his kids don't uh, don't look too far ahead. He has an opportunity to take a trophy home come Saturday. Here, Coach. So, Dana, as we're talking about uh, other thoughts about the regional, um, we interviewed um, uh, Coach Gunson after the after the uh, round. Actually, the round wasn't over, but uh, um, Paul had done his math and he knew where he was at. And it came up before the match was the matches were over and uh, gave us an interview because uh, he was he was pretty pumped up knowing that uh, he'd walked away with a regional title which was really close because Delta was right with him all day long. Delta had some quality wrestlers, but I think um, Belmont's wrestle backgrounds picking up some pins of the points that he needed, just like he did for the conference tournament and sectional tournament, to do what he needed to do to win the regional. Yeah, and all of those tournaments, Belmont has been down after the first or the second or the third round. And I think you go back to that match between Litchfield and Blackburn. Man, that made a huge difference. You take those points away from Blackburn and give them to Litchfield, it's a whole different tournament. And, uh, you know, I think Belmont lucks out a little bit with Paul Ferrote being injured and Carter Seifring picking up uh, not only two injury default points but also third-place points instead of fourth. But, uh, you know, it it would have been interesting if Delta would have been within five and a half or six points heading into the 285 final. And Evan Hill, uh, that kid, I've seen him pin just about anybody from any position and from any score – uh, I was really glad that Caden Freet was able to wrap that up. And I thought it was appropriate for Freet, who's been through a lot, through several injuries. Um, you know, he's a guy that, if you look at the bulk of his career, he's been ranked in the top ten as a freshman, as a sophomore, as a junior, and now as a senior. But he's only ever won conference once. He's a two-time sectional champ, and this is the first regional he's ever won. I think he's only, I think he's only ever won conference. Um, you know, I, I thought it was appropriate that, that he was able to clinch that as a senior for, for Belmont. And it wasn't a walk in the park. I mean, Somerset gave him everything he needed. Uh, and Freak's one of those guys that he's going to get ahead of you and he's going ride to ride the daylights out of you. And he did that, and Somerset had no answer for it. So Freak being up one nothing going in that final period, AJ and I thought, you know, he can ride him out. And I was, I was coming down out of the bleachers, so I, the South Adams coaches were in the corner closest to my aisle, so I went and sat next to them. And so I was sitting next to Jesse, and uh, Jesse wanted to go neutral in the third period down 1-0 and Christian said down and they, they I think they went back and forth and eventually Christian went out and I talked to Jesse on Monday and I said hey you know what what was the thinking there and he said well Christian said he wanted down and he thought he could get a reversal or, th- or could get out and he said even though it didn't work out that doesn't mean it wasn't the right choice yeah um, and you know maybe we see those two again just like Curry and Fichter maybe we see them again in the semi-state finals I think you very well could see uh, Freet and Somerset, hopefully for first and second, not third and fourth, but uh, it's definitely a possibility. You know, in the first period, they wrestled they wrestled scoreless anyway, so it's a 50-50 shot whether you take him down or you get taken down. So, I mean, I don't think it's a bad choice. You know, you go on your feet, that I, that's not guaranteed you're going to take him down. Correct. It just didn't work, yeah. and I, I, that doesn't mean that it was the wrong choice. I, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, overall, you know, it, it, 
for the Jay County sectional teams, it's great to see the Delta sectional down. But at the same time, it was kind of disappointing because I, I think the number that I threw out last week was I think Jay County could win 40 of 56 matches. We won 39. Yeah. And so, if you think of 14 <laughs> weight classes, that's 14 sectional champs and then three other guys. So now we've been joined by Coach Landis, and we're still in this section talking about his uh, thoughts from the regional. Um, I felt coming in with your studs that you have that you could have possibly you know, get those four, state, the four regional champions that uh, you had a chance to make a run at it for the, for the regional championship. Do you think you just need a couple more horses there, Coach? Yeah, it sure would be nice because, uh, yeah, we've been relying on those four all, all season, and uh, they haven't let us down, but we just didn't have enough. And I think, if, you know, if Delta and Belmont would have lost one or two more each in that opening round, and Belmont did have some upsets that I didn't think they were going to end up getting, I think it, the team race could have been a lot closer. But Norwell <coughs> had a really good day, too. And, you know, with just four guys, right. the regional was, was out of your grasp. But all of a sudden now, at semi-state, and we'll talk about this in the third period, four guys may be the magic number. It, Southern Wells may be the only team who gets four guys out. Um, on Saturday. So we'll, we'll have to see. So with that section, uh, the first period is coming to an end. We're going to send it back to Studio Steve Rouse, run board for us, and come back with our second period. And we will talk to, uh, more in depth with uh, Coach Ryan Landis of the Southern Wells Raiders right after this. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval, and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker drywall. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery. Even during the winter months, we are open seven days a week, 9 to 4.30, Monday through Saturday, and 1 to 4.30 on Sundays. Stop in to see our large selection of houseplants and succulents. We have new plants and products arriving weekly, including pottery and much more. Heller Nursery is located four miles west of Decatur off of 224. Like us on Facebook or check us out on our website, hellernursery.com, for our tree and perennial listings. Good luck to our area wrestlers. Hey, Indiana High School wrestling fans. This is Jason Cree, and I'm excited to announce that the Double Eagle will be hosting this year's High School Wrestling Coaches Show live at 605 every Tuesday night throughout the season. The Double Eagle is proud to sponsor local sports, and we invite you to come up and experience a live radio remote. As always, we are open seven days a week to bring you great food, cold drinks, and exciting sports action. Follow us on Facebook for all of the updates, and come visit us at the Double Eagle, 1730 Nutman Avenue, Indicator. When it comes to excavating, the name to know is Luganville Excavating. Luganville Excavating can do total site development, dig your basement or pond, put in your septic system, even grade and install your driveway. Call today at 849-0251 or like them on Facebook. Luganville Excavating has 40 years of experience, gives free estimates, and guarantees all of their work. When it comes to the dirty work, Luganville Excavating will get her done. Give Brent a call today. At Complete Printing Service, you can count on Charlie Brune and the crew to take care of all your print needs. Everything from color copies, custom-made banners and signs, wedding invitations, business cards, magnetic and yard signs, and so much more. Complete Printing is located on South 2nd Street in Decatur. Our name says it all. Complete Printing Service. Call today at 724 724- 
3722. Complete Printing is also a Decatur Sculpture Tour sponsor. You don't always need an attorney, but when you do, the man to call is Brad Weber. Brad has extensive experience in most legal matters and will help you make your problems disappear. Keep this number handy, 452-7045. That's 452-7045. You just never know when you'll need the services of an experienced litigator like Brad Weber. Welcome back to Haggard Sefton. Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle at Cross Creek. Rex along with Dane Filling, and now we're joined by our special guest section, which is Coach Ryan Landis of the Southern Wells Raiders. Welcome, Coach. And uh, I, when I asked Coach Landis at sectional, he said he was only going to come on one condition. That was that we stopped talking up all of his guys and putting all the pressure on him. <laughs> but, um, you know, at sectional... <coughs> They finished uh, with three champs and one runner-up, come back at regional, and they finished with four champs. So you can't really better that if you only got four guys left. So uh, at semi-state, four champs would be uh, an awfully impressive feat. But uh, I'd say at this point, you're probably, let's get through those first two rounds with eight wins out of eight and then go from there. Coach, just remember, whatever we say does not affect how they wrestle. It doesn't actually, it doesn't actually make a difference. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, though. Yeah, we're going one match at a time, but we're excited for the opportunity. So what is that wrestling room like with those four dogs just beating the snot out of each okay, other? Hold, all day hold long? on a second, Rex. <laughs> Let's remember, we're talking about Southern Wells right here. We're not talking about a wrestling room. We're talking about the high school cafeteria. That correct? is correct. Yep, that's where we get it. That's where it all happens. And I think that's important, and, and it, it shows a lot about what Coach Landis is able to do there, the fact that they don't have a wrestling room, that you guys have to roll out the mats every single day and roll them back up at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, my guys think the Tuesday and Thursday is just Christmas every time because we don't have to roll the mats up because club's coming in after us. So, <laughs> so uh, how many guys do you have left in the room? You got, and that's it's always interesting to me to hear who's still coming to practice. You know, it's one of the few sports where you've been eliminated, your season's over, but coach still expects you there. So, how many how many uh, kids do you have left in the room? We got four <laughs> high school kids. Uh, we are very fortunate to have some awesome alumni that are volunteer coaches that come in. we got a lot of brothers. Um, the Fichter brothers make an appearance about every week. And uh, Jed's brother, TC, comes in there quite a bit too. So it's great to have the alumni come back. No, I, I said to AJ there that I, I saw William's father walk out. He could wrestle today. Oh, he still does. Oh, he does. He, he, is, he is as fit as he ever was. Yep. Yep, there's many matches in the living room that happen. <laughs> Well, that's, that's the reason why the all-time winningest wrestling family in Indiana history. Pretty impressive. Hey, Rex, before we go to uh, our full interview with Coach Landis, we want to announce that uh, on the 21st, that's next Friday, from Banker's Life, you and I will be live from the, what would you call it, the, the Crow's Nest? The, the Crow's Nest. We'll see how it is. But we're going to have a live show as the crowd is building in the lobby before Friday Night of State, and we'll be joined by some of uh, Indiana Matt's best and, uh, and Coach Calver, of course. So, so if you fans are out there, Indiana Pacers fans, and you watch Pacers Live, the pre-game and the post-game show, they, the guys that are doing it sit up in like a, a little crow's nest over the lobby, and that's where they've given us to, uh, 
take on this uh, new venture that we're going to push hard this week. So we got all, all kinds of things planned, and uh, we're going to have some cool interviews, and we're going to talk about Friday night matchups, and hopefully we're talking about four Friday night matchups for Southern Wells. And uh, while the wrestlers will be weighing in, you and I will be uh, weighing in on the, on the matchups, and, and not only the team race, but the, the individual race for for all of the Adams County and Wells County and, and Jay County How do you wrestlers. talk me into these things, Dane? Well, it was easy. <laughs> it was easy. AJ promised uh, shrimp cocktails at St. Elmo's afterwards. So, no, so he says it's going to be on the air with us. But uh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get him to buy those cocktails when, when we're all said and done. <laughs> so, once again, uh, this is a new venture. It's uh, pre-state finals. We're going to promote a lot of stuff. Uh, our station owner was, was excited about the idea we're going to put on. But to do that, we need some advertisers. And uh, I know at the end of the season, a lot of people kind of come on and said, hey, I want to wish a wish good luck to the wrestlers, those kind of one-liners, those things. Those are what's going to promote this, and that's what's going to put it on radio. So if anybody out there has um, information that you want to, if you want to get those uh, commercials out to, contact A.J. Calver, and uh, I'll give you your number here in a little bit to call A.J. And if you want to be one of those sponsors for that pre-match state finals, uh, a lot of our fine sponsors have already spent good money to promote the match. So if you want to be those uh, little one-liner sponsors to help promote this pregame. We're going to get you other information so you can be part of that event. And Rex, we want to recognize two new sponsors for our show and for uh, the, the wrestling on Saturdays. That's Landon Genth and Brent Luganville, and you'll hear those spots uh, over the next couple of weekends and on Tuesday nights. And uh, yeah, if, uh, if you want to call in and you want, to, you want to advertise for our show on that Friday afternoon after you see the results and, and whoever uh, makes it on Saturday and wish good luck to uh, Southern Wells or Ike Rubel or anybody from Belmont or from Adam Central, then uh, call the station or AJ and uh, we'll, we'll get that taken care of. Oh, yes. So we're talking about Luganville Excavating, who is our new sponsor, and then Adams County Tent and Party Rental from uh, Mr. Genth. And you'll hear both of those spots in our show today. So halfway through the, state, the uh, regional finals last week, I get a text from Landon. Hey, how do I advertise on the radio? And I said, here's AJ's number. Text it back to him. And he stepped right up and jumped into the limelight. And uh, a couple of great businesses. And uh, both those guys are uh, former Adams Central wrestlers back in the day. And uh, uh, great to have them on board as sponsors for wrestling on the radio. So, Coach, we uh, talked to Eric Myers a couple weeks ago, and, and he told us about the opportunity that you gave to him, not only as a young wrestler at maybe seven or eight years old, but also as a coach um, to get his career started. Tell us a little bit about your uh, career at Adam Central. Yeah, uh, me and Myers were good friends in high school and uh, kind of drug him around to some tournaments. I did not remember the whole shoe uh, story, though, but that was interesting. Um, but, yeah. So my career, uh, I was a state qualifier my senior year for AC, and uh, we had a really good group of seniors that year and uh, had a great dual team. And then uh, as we interviewed, I think one of our very first guests was uh, Ben Sprunger, who was a state champion that year, and uh, we had to make sure that we reminded Mr. Sprunger that he had one loss that year. Tell us a little bit about what you remember about that match. Oh, that was great. It was one of the highlights of my career, obviously, and... uh, Ben uh, beat me quite a few times before, and, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's a great controversial locked hands call at the end, and it had a, all the drama that you needed, and the crowd was loud, and it was one of, one of the great moments. Now, was that another Friday night ACAC tournament? Where, where was that match? Uh, it was at Adam Central. I, okay. And pretty sure it must have been Friday night, but okay. I know it was at AC. And, of course, Coach Sprunger uh, didn't lose another match the rest of the season and ended up a... Uh, 
a state champ that year. And uh, as we're looking through our on the state, we'll, which we'll get to a little bit later, uh, we're reminded also that that was the year that uh, the tournament moved from Market Square to Conseco Fieldhouse, not Banker's Life Fieldhouse, and also the year that uh, John Sheets as a freshman won a state title for, for Belmont. So uh, how did you get started at Southern Wells then? Um, actually, my cousin, uh, Brent Byerly, was the head coach and the year I graduated. And he asked me to come down there and went down there for two or three years as the assistant and uh, just started forming relationships with the guys and have been there since. So Now, we had a question, uh, I think it was last week or the week before, we were looking at some old results. When did Southern Wells' program actually start? You know, 96 is as far as I can find an actual varsity team. Um, so there's not a lot of information there. Uh, I've, my, the good stats and records start about 2002 is when we really started keeping track of everything. Okay, And we've talked before, and, and AJ's mentioned it too, you go back to the, the Bluffton days, and Bluffton had some wrestlers in the, in the 30s and the 40s who competed in the state tournament. I'm not sure when Norwell's tournament started, but uh, we know that the Decatur team started in the early 60s, and... Uh, Adam Central followed five or six years after that, and I'm not sure when South Adams started their program, but uh, uh, another thing that is sort of stacked against you as a program to ha- not have started until 96, um, you lose all of that you know, alumni advantage and history and just a generation of kids whose dads wrestled. You don't, you, you don't necessarily have that, so it's just another, um, I think... Uh, um, barrier to, to, to having success is having that, that history. And like you said, only having records until 2002, that, that definitely. I know one of the things that you, you talk to kids that wrestle at Belmont or Adam Central, they see those names on the wall, they see pictures, they know the history. And uh, for, for Southern Wells, a little bit more of, of writing your own history. And obviously, this would be one historic year if, uh, if you're, you're four horsemen Keep, keep moving on. Now, Coach, uh, back in the days when I was referee, and there was a time when I did a match, and it was a home match for Bluffton, and I think they wrestled Southern Wells, and they wrestled at Poplar Grove. And I get there, and there's this little Poplar Grove gym, and I see all the chairs on the floor, and I didn't see a wrestle mat, and they said, we wrestle on the stage. So they had this wrestle mat up on the stage, and I was, you know, back in the day, I used to run around a lot, and I was so afraid I was going to run off <laughs> the stage, but the, or kids would get pushed up. They used to wrestle on the stage at Poplar Grove. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't remember on the stage, but we did wrestle in Popular Grove my senior year, and that was quite the atmosphere there. It's kind of like the hangar, isn't it? It's got that same look. It's a Quonset hut kind of thing, and it's got the arch ceiling, and it's a great little basketball gym, but yeah. uh, I think they had something going on at high school, and they put it out Poplar Grove, and I kept driving and think, where's this place at? And there's this little spot on the map, and there's Poplar Grove out there, and there's the gym. So, Well, wrestling in auditoriums now has come back in. We've seen uh, three or four different dual meets held in high school auditoriums throughout the state the last couple of years, and I know Sean Farrote has been on me. Uh, he keeps telling me, we, we need to get Belmont to schedule a match in the auditorium. Erickson Auditorium. In the, in the theater. We'll have to see what that would look like. If hmm. you'd fall into the pit or not, we'd have to, we'd have to decide for there. They'd have put up some ropes, just like big-time wrestling. So going back to uh, 20 years ago, we still were under the old format of the state tournament. And, uh, Coach, tell us a little bit about how the tournament has changed now from you as a wrestler coming out of the Adams Central sectional, Adams and Wells County, top two advance. You go to the Snyder Regional. You've got four regionals coming together. You take the top three. You've got that buy at semi-state. 
whereas now we're to a, a, a little bit less stressful situation with four advancing from sectional and then regional and then semi-state. Yeah, I just remember the old sectional with Adam Central and Belmont and Bluffton and Norwell and uh, only having to take two out of that sectional. That was tough. Uh, I think I don't think I made it out my freshman year. Um, but, yeah, then the regional wasn't much easier because that consolation match was huge at regional trying to get that third place if you got knocked down there. And uh, the buy at semi-state, I actually enjoy that not being there. I think that's awesome that we give that extra kid an opportunity to go out of the regional. And then, you know, re- being a regional champ, it's nice to wrestle that first round too, I think. Yeah, I agree. That, that third place match at regional used to be something. You'd get through that first round, and then you'd think, okay, three of these four guys are safe, but there's one, there's one guy who's going to leave disappointed, more disappointed than the guy who lost in the very first round on that Saturday. So uh, other things that uh, we remember back in the day, um, kind of uh, since the answer to trivia questions out, but some of the semi-state uh, memories I have was the bowl where we used to wrestle the semi-state at, and it was, it was kind of a different environment uh, and uh, it was a great gym to wrestle in, too. And uh, I, now we're going to give away the uh, answer to trivia question because we've already given it. But uh, Northside High School is the answer to trivia question. And that's where we wrestled back in the day. And it was a really nice environment, uh, similar to Coliseum, just on a smaller scale. The wrestlers were down in a bowl and uh, on a floor and padded walls around it. And it was a great place to wrestle, just not quite big enough. Yeah, and like we said earlier in the show, the, the Coliseum is a great venue. Other than the lack of hospitality for me and Rex, um, <laughs> it I depends on who runs it. Now that New Haven runs it, no hospitality. Adam Central ran it for years, and they everybody got in. As a referee, they gave me my own cup with my name on it. Said semi-state the night, the year on it. Adam Central ran that tournament. You know, uh, Habegger, um, Art Habegger ran it back in the day. They need to get it back. And you also wrestle on ice. It's the only yes. time of the year where you have to wrestle on ice. Does that ever present any issues as a wrestler, as a coach? Do you ever have to change your warm-up routine to, to deal with it? It's definitely cold down yeah. there. Yeah, we actually – I do. I send the guys out in the hallways because it is. It is cold, and it's hard to get a sweat going before you go out there. And it's a long day. And, and like you said, the bye that was eliminated by only advancing three out of regional used to give that regional champ a bye. Uh, it also lengthened the day. And I had some students asking me in class today, well, how long will the tournament end? Well, it starts at 8.30, and if we're lucky, it'll be over by 7.30. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I generally don't like to leave tournaments early. I like to watch all the way through heavyweight, but semi-state's one of those. Man, by the end of the night, if there's no county wrestler at, at heavyweight, I'm out the door. It's, it's a long day. And it's different from state because you have that, at state, you have that finality of it being over, and you don't want it to be over. At semi-state, you're just like, okay, let's go. I, I want to see the draw. How soon can we get on and see uh, Greg Rakestraw and, and Mike Gable announce those brackets? Now, I know that uh, the next part of this, you want to talk about semi-states and uh, how the rest of the states are. I've refereed at every of the semi-state uh, in the past. Now, the essentially moved it to Roberts Arena, which I heard is a great venue. I've never been there, and I have not. Ref- I did not referee at uh, East Chicago since they moved it there, but... I've been to Seymour, been to Merrillville, Fort Wayne, um, all of those uh, good venues, but I think the Coliseum is the largest of the semi-states. I think it's about the same as Roberts Arena, but a little bit different. But uh, um, I know that the officials enjoy going to Evansville because the city of Evansville has taken over the the semi-state, and they put the officials up in a hotel 
the night before, and it is at the uh, the Riverboat Casino where the is at. So a friend of mine, Orlando Fontanez, one year was there, and uh, he was down playing a little Caribbean stud uh, poker before the tournament on Friday night and hit a thirty-two thousand dollar jackpot. Is that is that more than what they pay the officials? Yes. Okay. He, he called the IHSAA and said, you can send me to Evansville every year from, from here on out. But a uh, great story about Orlando Fontanez, and he said he, he couldn't even focus the next day because he, he thought, you know, but, you know, he took his taxes out of it, but he had a $32,000 jackpot just to go down and referee. So, but I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, because I was from this area, they didn't send me a lot of Fort Wayne semi-states, but I did at least two semi-states in Fort Wayne. And uh, the environment is great because the crowd is off of you. I mean, you can focus on the match. You don't have to worry about somebody's parents yelling at you. Maryville, there's somebody in the front row six feet away from you, and yeah. they're right on you. But the Coliseum, it's a great venue. You know, Ryan, as a coach, you know that you can really focus on the matches because the crowd is not on you. Yeah, absolutely. I love going up to the Coliseum and wrestling. Like you say, you can focus in on your matches, and it's all what happens in that middle of that mat. And I think it prepares the kids for when they make it to Banker's Life. There's mm-hmm. not a whole lot of difference. Other than the, just the, the scale of, of uh, you know, being at state rather than at semi-state and, and what's on the line. But I think as far as the venue and the way you check in and the way the locker rooms are, it's, it's very similar. And I think that probably gives us an advantage. And at this point, you know, Fort Wayne needs all the advantages that it can get. And a lot's been said about what Fort Wayne can do. But, you know, they go back and forth. For a while, it was, you know, everybody was coming out of Maryville and they were the top dog. And then for a while, Evansville was the top dog. And I'll tell you what, last year, we got to about 195 and 220, and I think we had more winners on Friday night than Evansville did. You know, it was always to count how many semi-state champs from Fort Wayne are going to get beat by Friday night. And one, one year, we were up to like five. And we're thinking, okay, how bad is our semi-state really? But the last couple of years, it's been stronger and stronger. Yeah, we actually haven't done all that bad. You know, you're supposed to get 28 winners out of those 112, and I think last year we were at 23 or 24, which wasn't all that bad. But right now, Newcastle just has so many big schools. Uh, and if you kind of think about it, the, the, the schools putting placers in for Evansville are Brownsburg, Avon, Plainfield, you know, the, the schools that are right, you know, neighboring Marion County, and that's really right now. In Indiana, that is where the talent is really coming well, from. Well, for the past five or six or seven years, if it would have been for the, the Yorktown and Jimtown studs, I mean, we would have got, took a whipping on Friday night. And Very they, true. They've really skewed the balance. But uh, So we kind of talked a little bit about this this Saturday. Great, some great matches coming up. Uh, we, we'll get a look at the. We've already looked at the uh, preview of some of the matches, but uh, we're going to make sure we get off uh, in time for the basketball game. So what do you have a uh, look at your... Uh, back on this date in history, Dane? Well, we've pulled up, since Coach Landis is with us, we've pulled up the 2000 uh, semi-state results, which was wrestled on February 12th, so we're just one day off of today, and we're looking at the uh, results at 103 pounds. John Sheets was a pin winner over Kowalski of Norwell uh, in the 103-pound final. At 112, Dan Sprunger finished third. For local wrestlers, and then at 130 pounds, uh, Ben Sprunger was your champion with an eight to six winner over Matt Bierner, and uh, Coach Landis beat Tim Kidder from Northridge uh, six to four, I believe, if my microfilm is correct. Do you remember anything about that semi-state that day, Coach? Yeah, it was a it was a tough one. Um, you know, Sprunger went on to was the state champ, and Berner was the state runner-up that year, and 
I lost a burner in the semifinals and then uh, wrestled a good match against Kidder. He was a tough kid, but uh, got a win. So, uh, Looking further on then, Tommy Freet lost in the finals to a uh, wrestler from Northrop 3-1, to one, while Ramsey Bullenbacher from South Adams qualified for the state finals for South Adams. Uh, at 140 pounds, and then we skipped down to 160 pounds. Coach Calvers, Josh Booker, was a champion at semi-state, beating uh, a wrestler from Muncie Central while Randy Baker finished third. And then as we scroll down to 189 pounds, South Adams had another state qualifier at uh, fourth place with Dan Schwartz. He beat Chucky Geyer. From, uh, no, he was beaten by Chuck Geyer. 10-4 for third place match in Coach, I'll have to re- refresh my memory. <clears throat> was Coach Geyer a state champ then, eventually? Uh, Did he make the finals the year after that? From what school? From Elmhurst. Elmhurst, I do remember no. that. No, Chuck Geyer was not a he state champion. A champ. Okay, he must uh, have been a runner-up. So um, uh, um, Oliver, uh, Oliver did not win it either. I'll, I'll come up with the name during the break. Which uh, we've got to the point where we're going to take another break here and send it back to studio. Steve Rouse running aboard for a round of messages. We'll be back with more wrestling talk here on uh, Haggard Sefton Hershey Zelt. Independently Weekly, owned and operated, right Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Forget the busy times and start thinking about leisure times. Adams Woodcrest is about enjoying retirement. With no maintenance waiting at home, you're free to do the things you've dreamed of for years. It's time to start living again. It's easy to call Adams Woodcrest your new home. For visits and tours of Adams Woodcrest Retirement Community, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur, please call 260-728-3989. Woodcrest, member Adams Health Network. Exceptional care, close to you. Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation. When you need auto parts and you need them now, go to O'Reilly Auto Parts on South 13th Street in Decatur across from Kroger's. O'Reilly has parts for your car, truck, van, farm, and heavy-duty equipment. Unsure of what you need? Talk with O'Reilly's parts professional, Eddie Morrison, and he'll steer you straight. O'Reilly's service is second to none with six delivery drivers and five distribution centers to draw from. The right parts at the right price at O'Reilly Auto Parts in Decatur and Burn. Throwing a party? Call Adams County Tent and Party Rental to make it a very special occasion. Adams County Tent and Party Rental has free delivery on tents, tables, chairs, linens, and bounce houses for weddings, birthday parties, graduations, retirement luncheons, and business meetings. No event is too big or too small for Adams County Tent and Party Rental. Call Landon at 223-2040 or like them on Facebook. Wrestlers looking for summer work? Give Adams County Tent and Party Rental a call today. Cross Creek Golf Club, located on US 224, below the Double Eagle Restaurant Indicator, is your destination for family fun this spring. Play Cross Creek's 27 holes, now featuring an Executive 9 and a Championship 18. 
The Pro Shop is open from noon until 5, Tuesday through Thursday. Call Dennis today or stop in to purchase a membership with many options available. Join a league. Get your kids started playing in Cross Creek's Junior Camp. Check out the discounted 10 play passes now on sale. It's all happening at Cross Creek Golf Club in Decatur. Welcome back to the Haggard Scepter Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Rex along with Dean Filling, and still with us is uh, Coach Ryan Landis from our special guest segment. And uh, Rex, here in the third period, we're going to take a look at the semi-state brackets. The uh, website, indianamat.com, has graciously put their state rankings and semi-state rankings into the brackets to give people a better idea of just where people stand. And we want to highlight all the local wrestlers and their, uh, at least their quarter brackets. And we'll start with 106 pounds. And uh, we'll talk about the team race throughout this uh, section. But uh, one big one right off the bat, Oak Hill definitely thinks that they have a chance. They, they knocked off Western for the regional title uh, on Saturday. And Isaac Rubel, with just one loss on the year, will wrestle Peyton Boland, a sophomore, 35-6 and six in the opening round. And then we'll look for... Uh, Likely Xander Horde of Cherubusco, 25-9 and nine to be his ticket round opponent. And uh, Rubel has already faced Horde this year and defeated him. And uh, Rubel is definitely, if you talk to anybody in our semi-state, definitely the favorite to win 106. If you look at the bracket, you know, every time you look at the bracket, you've got three different possibilities. You think, this is my worst bracket, this is my best bracket. And I'm guessing that if a lot of people looked at the bracket... They would have rather have seen Anthony Martin from Western on the opposite side. But I talked to Ike today, and the first thing he said was, if I beat Martin in the semifinals, that means he gets third and not second, and that gets us closer to winning semi-state as a team. So he looked at it that way, and he said, he said I would have rather wrestled him in the ticket round because I know I'm going to beat him. And that would have knocked him out right away. So I think that shows a lot about the confidence that Rubel has right now. Now, Coach, uh, as a coach of another school, I know you watch other wrestlers and you know that you know, they're not on your team, but what do you what do you think of a guy like Ike Rubel when you yeah. watch him wrestle? I love watching Ike wrestle. He, uh, If you could grow a kid to be a wrestler, it would be Ike, man. He uh, is the nicest kid you'll ever talk to off the mat, and you strap that headgear on, and he is an animal. He I, dials it up pretty he quick, does. doesn't he? He does. I, I, yeah, I enjoy watching Ike wrestle so much. Now, on the bottom half of the bracket, we have Silas Loshi, and he has drawn uh, Cooper Baldwin from Peru, 32-6, and six, also a freshman. Indiana Matt has him ranked 16th in the state. Uh, the semi-state rankings have Baldwin 6th and Loshi 9th. And uh, in the other side of that quarter bracket is Keegan Mallet of East Noble, who has a couple of losses to Ike Rubel. Uh, a very interesting quarter bracket. Yeah, you know, last time that uh, Ike wrestled uh, Mallet, um, it was it was not close at all, and that was at the conference. But uh, other than that, a good bracket. I, I still think Ike definitely the favorite come out of there. And uh, we've seen Silas Loshi come in with like one or two losses, and in both weeks we we've, he's wrestling, it's not even been a match. Yeah, and I think what we saw on Saturday that was promising for Loshi was he was able to get the legs in. And Ike said this in his interview in the paper for today's paper. He said, "I didn't know the legs were going to come in," and then all of a sudden Loshi was in a position with that power half. He didn't have the strength to turn Ike, but I think that shows that, you know, depending on who he's wrestling, that, that Loshi's going to be tough on top. And, uh, y- you know, I, I think that Loshi has a path to qualifying as a, as a freshman. 
113-pound class. Uh, once again, last week, I believe we saw that uh, Ethan Riley was a class of our regional for sure. Uh, who do you have coming into this regional that uh, are going to test those guys? you got Brooks from, from Wabash, uh, ranked number four. He's 29-5, and five, uh, definitely there. And then uh, Trey Sturgill from Peru at 36-3, and three, uh, another tough kid in the bottom half of that bracket. I think 113 is maybe the most interesting class in the entire tournament. You have four guys from the Peru regional who have wrestled each other a number of times. You have Jared Brooks, who has not won sectional or regional. He's the defending semi-state champ. Let's not forget that he pinned Ike Rubel in the semi-state finals last year at 106, and he hasn't been able to beat either Trey Sturgill or Blake Kinney, who lost to Ike in the, in the ticket round last year. And then you have Justin Brantley from Western, who has just three losses, and he's up against Riley. So I think you have some really interesting... It, Belmont fans should be rooting for Ethan Riley right out of the gate to knock off Justin Brantley and cut down Western's state qualifiers by one for that team race. And then you also throw Wyatt Corkwell in there down there from Bluffton, who's had a great season. And uh, he's given Riley a couple of decent matches in the, in the last two weeks. But uh, Corkwell is not somebody you can count out on the bottom half of that bracket either. And then the ticket round match that I think is the most important, other than Riley and Brantley, is that you have Aiden Sprague, who's ranked number one. I'm sorry, number two in the semi-state. He's got just one loss. But he may very well end up meeting, if he beats Carson Everett, uh, meeting Jared Brooks in that ticket round. And I think that's going to have a big effect on uh, the team race because Wabash may have a chance at it. But I think one of those two has a better chance at knocking off Brantley if he gets past Riley. I, I think 113 is wide open. 120 pounds. Uh couple of uh, good wrestlers from the area. Once again, I, I thought Atkins wrestled very well from Jay County coming out of our semi-state or our regional. Um, other guys, uh, who do you look for to uh, probably make, it, make some noise in that 20-pound bracket? Well, Atkins has a tough draw with Veach and Higgins in his weight class and Wabash there. Ethan Higgins has just one loss. If you look down at the bottom of the bracket, Dominic Heath and Logan Allman, that's going to be a tough match for Allman. He's already lost to Heath once, I believe. I really think that John Robinson is the guy to beat at 120 pounds. He wrestled really well on Saturday at our regional. And uh, don't count out Brady Esther up there at the top. I know that a lot of people like Jet Boots, but uh, Esther's got kind of a story with losing his dad over the summer. And I I think that Snyder is well prepared for, for Saturday. 126 pounders, uh, no coming out of our, our uh, regional, Landon Birch. I don't feel that people give, give Birch the credit that's due to him. Uh, we've seen him wrestle and just dominate people. Um, Dobie Litchfield was as close to him this past Saturday as we've seen anybody to him all season long. But uh, you know, they, have, they have Birch ranked fourth in the semi-state, and uh, I think he's better than that. And look at that ticket round matchup, Rex. He's got Harper Dedman, who was the consensus number one in the semi-state until he loses to Dylan Stroud. And now you have number one Dedman against maybe your number two undefeated Birch, who's ranked number four by Indiana Matt. You know, that's 39-0 and 38-1 in the ticket round. And, uh, you know, that's awfully tough. Litchfield draws uh, the Cherubusco wrestler who he has beaten earlier in the year and then draws the undefeated Stroud. Um, you know, last year, Deadman eliminated Litchfield. And now you have a wrestler who's undefeated and beat Deadman for his first loss. You know, that's a tough match for Dobie. But uh, like we saw... 
you know, like I said earlier in the show, Dobie agreed. Maybe Blackburn wins the whole thing, and Dobie just beat him on Saturday. You know, Coach, you, you, you know that there's some guys that wrestle better against other guys, and it's styles. And just because this guy is 35-0 and 0 and a guy that beat Litchfield's, you know, got beat by him, doesn't mean Litchfield can't beat this guy because he wrestles a different style. Oh, absolutely. That's why semi-state's so fun because a lot of these kids haven't seen each other yet, and it's just it's who shows up to wrestle Saturday. Uh, we'll skip over to 138 pounds. Kyle Lawson is ranked number one. Uh, he has a wrestler from Snyder that he has already tech-falled in Hayden Tipman. And then he has sort of an unknown Christian Pfeiffer-Laguerre from Concord, one of those northern wrestlers that we don't get to see a whole lot of. He's ranked number five. He's a senior. He's 32-3. and three. That might be his ticket-round opponent. And then he might get another matchup with uh, his old nemesis, Elijah Chacon, who uh, he's had, the, had his number the last couple times. On the other side of the bracket, then, you have a whole list of kids that Kyle has already beaten. He's beaten Toby Abbott. He's beaten Lane Burns. He's beaten Logan Hooley. He's beaten Eli Johnson. Uh, he has not seen Hayden Shepard, who's ranked number two. But uh, thankfully for Kyle, those two are on the opposite side. And once again, Kyle told me today he wished he would be on the same side as Shepard so that he could beat him, and instead of getting second, he'd get third. Uh, I think that shows some confidence that those two boys have. I'm going to stick up here. Toby Abbott wrestled very well Saturday. Toby Abbott is, is the sleeper on the top of that bracket. Abbott could come out of the top bracket and win it. Yeah, I agree. I think that Abbott and uh, uh, I think Abbott beats Burns and moves on to state, and I think that he and Shepard could have a very, a very good match. You know, I, I was very impressed with Abbott, uh, and he gave Lawson the closest match I've seen all year because I didn't see Lawson wrestle at Mishawaka. At 145 and 152 pounds, the Jay County <clears throat> sectional won all four matches. Nobody from the Delta regional made, or Delta sectional made it out. I think it's wide open. In my opinion, it's Curry and Feekter again at 145 pounds. And, and Coach, they've already wrestled four times this year. Feekter's beaten them all four times. What do you tell your wrestler after you've beaten them four times? It just keeps getting tougher. Uh, Curry came out with a heck of a game plan. I think uh, wrestled really well against Will. Um, you know, I think... It, it, it's frustrating, but it's a blessing. It's really it's good for William and it's good for Alex and those guys have been pushing each other here in the last four weeks, so it's exciting. And uh, at 152 pounds, Josh Beeks got his revenge on um, Gage Shuckman and won regional. That sets him up opposite of Cody McCune, who is ranked number one. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I filled out my brackets earlier today and I put Josh Beeks in, in that top spot at 152 pounds. Josh is is exciting. Um, you know, he, he, he had a knee injury at Christmas, and uh, I, I honestly feel that he's getting better every day. Um, he is he's looking good, so we're excited. So at 160 pounds, uh, Isaac's free who took fourth last week, runs into the, probably the worst draw he could get is Isaiah Levitt's ranked number one in the state, uh, number two in the state, number one in the semi-state, uh, 36-0, so tough way to go for Isaac, but uh, yeah, and I, and I think that, that weight class with Levitt's and Jed Perry and Jackson Pettigrew, and then a really good Titus Morissette, a very good 160 pounds, and at 170 pounds too, I think that Jacob Duncan has a great chance. You've got Clayton Fielden in there, Brody Porter who was out earlier with, a, with, a, with an injury, and then Joe Parrish took his first loss of the year against, uh, against Fielden. And uh, that'll be a great weight class. As we look forward then at 195 pounds before we go to our break, um, it's, you know, Caden Freet moved up to 195 pounds. And this is where we're going to find out whether or not he is uh, up to snuff. He looked very good in the finals um, against Somerset. I wrote in the paper that it was the most controlling, convincing 
1-0 win that you could have. <laughs> I agree with that. And I think that a lot of people would agree with that. I think he did control him, and he was in control. But uh, we'll see. I think that the, the Kyler Funk is very good. He's ranked number one in the semi-state. The wrestler from Northridge is good. Uh, but there's some other names in there that, that, that may surprise you. At, at 220, we, we would be remiss if we didn't bring up uh, Kale Gray. AJ and I have talked in a, on air m- numerous times. Kale Gray looks like a man, am- a man amongst boys when he's wrestling. Well, I have not seen anyone even come close to challenging him all year. I don't see, see, think he sees anybody this weekend either. And unfortunately, I think his toughest match of the whole tournament is going to be his ticket round match. And Reese Wicker ends up getting beat by Tristan Martz of New Haven. And so you have 29-0 Gray, who will be 30-0, wrestling potentially 32-1 Reese Wicker from Cherubusco, a former state qualifier. But uh, he, he's kind of that Reeves Muncie at 220. You look at him and go, that's a man right there. Yeah. Hey, Rex, why don't we just go ahead and go through the WZV schedule so that we don't skip out on uh, Purdue basketball. Tonight we've got Penn State at Purdue at Mackey Arena at 6.30. As soon as we're done here, tomorrow we've got Hitzer Sports Weekly with Randy Fudge at 6 and the Pacers at 7.30. Uh, the Pacers lost again yesterday. Look for them to get back on track tomorrow. On Thursday, we've got Belmont at DeKalb Boys Basketball at 7.30. And then Friday, the big intra-county rivalry between Adams Central and South Adams. The, uh, the Starfires are playing pretty well, and I think in a home game, that'll be a tough matchup for Adams Central as they get prepared for sectional, which starts in two weeks. Saturday, before uh, semi-state starts, we've got the basketball coaches show with Matt Conversay. And then uh, I have written down the greatest entertainment on radio. You and AJ for nine hours from the Coliseum with no hospitality. <laughs> it ought to be a treat. Um, no they, sporting events on Sunday. If they don't check me on the way in, my uh, IndianaMatt.com bag is going to have uh, <laughs> turkey, sandwiches. turkey sandwiches in it. And then on Monday night, we've got the Matt Painter Show at 6.05. On Tuesday, we'll go through all of the state draws here with our show at 6 o'clock back to our normal time before the Purdue at Wisconsin 7 p.m. tip-off, and then look for our special show live from Bankers Life Fieldhouse on Friday. With that, I'm going to send it back to studio to Steve Rouse on the board for us for our last commercial break. We'll be back with the final edition here of Hitzer, of uh, Haggard Septon Hershey's Elk High School Wrestling Weekly. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval, and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker Drywall. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery. Even during the winter months, we are open seven days a week, 9 to 4.30, Monday through Saturday, and 1 to 4.30 on Sundays. Stop in to see our large selection of houseplants and succulents. We have new plants and products arriving weekly, including pottery and much more. Heller Nursery is located four miles west of Decatur off of 224. Like us on Facebook or check us out on our website, hellernursery.com, for our tree and perennial listings. Good luck to our area wrestlers. Hey, Indiana High School wrestling fans. This is Jason Cree, and I'm excited to announce that the Double Eagle will be hosting this year's High School Wrestling Coaches Show live at 6.05 every Tuesday night throughout the season. The Double Eagle is proud to sponsor local sports, and we invite you to come up and experience a live radio remote. As always, we are open seven days a week to bring you great food, cold drinks, and exciting sports action. Follow us on Facebook for all of the updates, and come visit us at the Double Eagle, 1730 Nutman Avenue, Indicator. When it comes to excavating, the name to know is Luganville Excavating. 
Luganville Excavating can do total site development, dig your basement or pond, put in your septic system, even grade and install your driveway. Call today at 849-0251 or like them on Facebook. Luganville Excavating has 40 years of experience, gives free estimates, and guarantees all of their work. When it comes to the dirty work, Luganville Excavating will get her done. Give Brent a call today. Welcome back to the Haggard Sefton Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Rexburg Rex, along with Dane Filling and Dane, our final segment here as we get ready to go to Purdue basketball. Uh, wrap this up very quick, and we do have the winner. Charlie Brune was our winner, who knew that Northside High School was the previous home of the semi-state, and there was one year in 1979 they moved it to uh, Snyder High School because I know that's my last place I wrestled a Belmont match. So, Rex, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to make my top three picks, and then I'm going to make you pick, pick yours also. I'm going to say that Belmont comes out on top, wins semi-state for the first time under this format, and I don't even remember how long because they haven't won it since they got rid of Team State in 2012, <coughs> and they had Team State all the way up until 95, so I'm guessing 95 is the last time that Belmont walked out of the Coliseum with a semi-state trophy. I'm going to pick Southern Wells second and I'm going to pick Western third. And I think Belmont and Southern Wells are going to need some help from some other teams to knock off some of those Western guys in those first two rounds. You know, just to save time, you studied a lot more than I did. I'm just going to agree with you. Oh, my golly. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's but, easy. But we'd, we'll like, we'd like to thank Coach Landis for making his way up here tonight, and uh, glad you could be on the show. I'd like to thank all of our fine sponsors uh, that helped bring this show to you. I'd like to thank Steve Rouse for on the board for us. And once again, if you would like to promote our pre state finals broadcast next week on Friday night. You want to call AJ for uh, get a hold of him and get some advertisements. That's 260-223-2636 or call the studio and they can get the information for him. And Once again, this is a new show. It's a new venture. The ITS Display is really excited about it. Our station is really excited about it. So it's something that we really need to push, but we need your support to help. And if you're staying home and you're not going to wrestling, you can listen live on WZBD. If you're going to the wrestling, you can watch on Twitter, on Periscope, or you can watch on Facebook Live through Indiana Matt's channel. And we will have Mike Reiser from Indiana Matt and uh, several special guests throughout the hour or hour and a half that we're on. And uh, it should be a lot of fun. So once again, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Coach Landis, thanks for being with us. And uh, with that, we're going to sign off. Uh, remember to tune in to the podcast later on this week when it's up on the uh, WZBD podcast or matt.com podcast. And tune in next Tuesday night, once again, 6 o'clock, live here from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill.